Well, thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. I like the way God orchestrates things. How many of you know the story of a man named Jonah? I don't think there's anybody that doesn't know Jonah. And it's funny how the people we're most familiar with are the people that were in trouble. You know, they say good news will travel, but bad news travels faster. Well, I'm going to talk to you about Jonah today. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to make sure you go there. And I want to encourage you, people, this is a time where you really need to be having your Bibles. This is a time when we shouldn't want to just hear the word, but we want to know the word. Because that's the only thing that's going to keep you. As things change, as the environment changes, we've got to have and know the word. We had some, a great time over the last couple of days with our visitors. A lot of prophetic words that went forth. And, and it's a great thing. But, you know, the one thing I was sitting back and I was watching. And that's what God always has me watch as things go. And that's how he teaches me all the time. And it's funny because we'll always want to hear a word from God. But then we don't hear a word from God. How many times have you said it? We had a really great service today. And then somebody asked you what was said. And we can't remember what we heard. Because we wanted to encounter with God but we didn't want to hear the word of God because the word of God will transform you and even the, the, the word tells us that as soon as you get it the enemy is going to want to snatch it away so we got to be very deliberate in wanting to hear the word of God I've observed people that even go in church and will write down constantly what they're hearing. But then the question is, is do you go back and read what you wrote? The Lord has just kept emphasizing on me over and over again the importance of us hearing the word of God. Because you need to do the word of God. Amen. Having an encounter with God. Is it going to get things done? Right. Doing the will of God is what's going to get things done. 
Now, Jonah, there's some things that we need to be able to really glean from this story. Because this isn't about Jonah. This is about us. Both from the side of Jonah the prophet and from the side of Nineveh, who he was sent to. Now I'm going to read this because it's very important. I want you to hear what was going on with Jonah here in chapter 4 with Jonah. And and it was very funny because here I'm going to let me set you up a little bit. Jonah had um, he'd gone down God called him to go to Nineveh, for those of you who may not be familiar with it. God called him to go down to Nineveh. He said, Jonah, and Jonah was a prophet of God. He said, I want you to go to Nineveh. And I want you to declare a proclamation to Nineveh. Because I'm not pleased with them. I'm not happy with them at all. And in fact, the message you're going to give is that I'm going to destroy Nineveh. Unless they repent. God was sending his prophet. To help Nineveh. Because God desires no one to perish. Now here's the problem. God's prophet Jonah. Had a problem with Nineveh. And he didn't want to go where God wanted him to go. In fact, Jonah was so mad at the request that God gave him. Not only was he saying, I'm not going to go in his mind. He physically decided he was going to go somewhere else. You want me to go that way, Lord? I'm going this way. Now, the problem with that. Is that how many of you know you can't get away from God? You can run, but as that saying goes, you can't hide. Jonah did his best. He took off, ended up on a ship. Got comfortable enough to decide to just sleep for a little while. You ever run so hard, you get so tired, you got to sleep for a little while. Jonah ran, got on that ship. Lord said, Jonah, you can't hide from me. All of a sudden, the seas got so tormented and so vehemently in the winds. It started to affect everybody around Jonah. Everybody on that ship was being affected because of where Jonah was. And then all of a sudden, here they come rousting up Jonah and say, look, something ain't right. Look, man, you need to help us understand why all this is coming on us. Now, Jonah was honest about his disobedience. Well, this is my fault. Um, God's not really happy with me. And, um, and they said, well, what do we need to do? Jonah said, well, it'd probably be in your best interest to throw me overboard. 
Now, here's the thing. Love would say if it's in their best interest for you to go overboard, jump. Don't put it on them to have to straighten you out. We want somebody else to take responsibility for us. But then it turns around to where they got compassion for Jonah. Look, we can't be doing that, (laughs) you know. And they tried and tried and tried and would not resolve the issue any other way. Finally, Jonah had to go overboard. But my word says... God prepared a fish. Because God knew exactly where it was going to have to go. And he prepared it for Jonah. So everybody knows the part about Jonah being in the fish. God didn't say whale. He said fish. It was a great fish. We just associate great fish with whale. The thing is, is that Jonah was in that fish and started crying out to God. And even as he cried out to God from the depths of what he called hell, God heard him. And God allowed that fish to as the word says, bombing him up on a shore. And Jonah decided he was going to do what God wanted him to do. Now, in the third chapter of Jonah, it says, Jonah went out declaring unto Nineveh. Now, notice what it says, and, I, and this is really important. In the third chapter, Verse 1, it says, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying. Now, remember, that was after the fish. One thing I've learned through the years is to listen to God the first time. Saves a whole lot of time, saves a whole lot of pain, and a whole lot of aggravation. Okay, because I've learned I can't I can't run from God. So why do something that's futile? Why waste my energy? Just go ahead and recognize that he's God. He loves you. And he wants what's best for you. But here's the thing. And as we get into this. Understand it's not always about you. Because through you, he wants what's best for somebody else. So this is what we've got to learn. Now, God told him, said, arise, go preach to Nineveh. Now, this is what he said. So Jonah arose and went into Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city, three days journey. That's a big city for him. Now, remember, he didn't have a car. Jonah was on foot, wearing out some sandal. Okay? 
He was wearing out some sandal. And he's going forth. And it says what? He says, and Jonah began to enter into the city, day, a city a day's journey, and he cried and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Now, key. Verse 5, it says, so the people of Nineveh believed God. Now, in their belief, what they did was, They got in sackcloth and in ashes as a symbol of repentance going before God. Now, here's the thing. The king of Nineveh, it said he took off his robe. Now, he took off his royal robes. In other words, I'm humbling myself before this God. Because I realize, I realize that we've been wrong. So here is a king who's in authority. Now remember, you know, we just got finished talking about our leaders. If they hear the word, it can cause them to change. It can cause them to take off their authority and fall under God's authority. But see, there's got to be some prayer, and there's got to be somebody willing to give that word. Not your agenda, not your political thing, not whatever you got that's feeling, or all this other stuff, but the word of God. That's good enough. We always want to give our agenda and what we feel, how we feel. But yet we'll turn around and say, not my will, but thine will be done. See, but God is saying here, he said, look, focus on it. Preach to them what I am telling you to give them. Because this is the results that I want. So here it has where now the, 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 the king is now humbling himself. Then he gives a decree. Now, this is what gets me in this scripture. He gives this decree, and he says, you know, in, in, in verse 7, by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast. Now, it wasn't enough for them to fast. We're going to make the animals fast. He said, we serious about this thing. We're going to make sure everything is clean. How many of you, when you fast, you make your dogs fast? You make your cats and your fish fast. But see here, no, he said, no, we, we, we're not, we're not going to make, we're going to make sure everything is right. See, when you get serious with God, you want to make sure you don't leave no stone unturned. You want to look for that which is wrong so you can get it right. You see, because sometimes what we'll do is we'll, we'll just focus on, oh, well, this is what I believe is wrong. Instead of saying, Lord, show me everything. See, we don't use that thing. God's still working on me. So I'll take care of this and 
but this is when he'll give me another specific instruction. You see, if you're aware of it, deal with it. If you're aware of it, deal with it. So this king is saying, look, people, we're going to get this right. And my word here tells me that it wasn't just about the sackcloth and ash. Because the king told him, he said, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hand. He said, I don't want this to just be lip service. I don't want this to be just one of these things that you're doing before God to make it look good. I don't want you to just be down there in that sackcloth and ash and so forth, throwing up stuff and everything and singing, you know, singing glory and so forth and everything else. He says, what I want you to do is get it right. Turn from that thing. Now, how many of you know it says God's a discerner of the heart? He said, man looks to the out, but God looks to the heart. See, we can do all kinds of stuff on the outside, but God knows when it's real. And this word says in verse 10 of chapter 3, it says, And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do to them, and he did it not. Isn't that God? Isn't that good? This is what God does for us. This is what repentance does. He says, if you turn away from that thing, he says he's just and faithful to forgive. That's why I can't understand why anybody want to hold on to something that would keep them from having that blessing from God. But here's the other side of this. You have the people that receive the word, <laughs> and now they're in God's grace, God's mercy, and God's blessing. But the prophet, the one who was sent to give the word, what's his reaction to all this? This is where we come to the main text in chapter 4, because we can learn from Jonah as well. See, we learn from the people that receive the word and how we should receive the word and what we should do once we receive the word. But here's Jonah, who is now really, really twerked off. The boy is mad. What's his response? And this is from the New Living Translation because I want to make sure you get the effect of this. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. He complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarsus. I knew that you are merciful and a compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. That made him mad. How many of you know sometimes we get mad with God because he don't see things our way? Somebody hurts you 
And all you think about is hurting them back. God's telling you to love them. He's telling you to forgive them. And all you saying is, get them, God. Lord, if you want them to get saved, then you call somebody else. I ain't giving that joker another chance to hurt me. run the other way. Lord, you need to find somebody else because you still working on me. God says, I'm trying to work on you. I'm trying to get you into that place of blessing. Because just like Nineveh, who I want you to go to, you're in a place where you shouldn't be. God says, look, I need you to realize what is happening because of the words that you gave. Now, this is the point that I want you to understand. God's word is not going to return void. That's why Paul said, least I preach unto others and I myself be a castaway. God's word is good no matter who gives it. So that's one thing you need to understand. I don't care if it's a drunk on the street. If he gives you the gospel, if it's the truth. And your spirit bear witness with it. Don't be looking at the messenger. You better listen to the message. Just because you mad at somebody. If they give you the truth. You better receive the truth. See but we have so many different reasons why we won't hear. The word of God. So many barriers because we look at the messenger. We look at the messenger. Well, this brother's over five feet tall. And I can't hear nobody who think he tower over me. <laughs> Seriously, it is. It's just that silly. Yeah, yeah, well. Can't hear nothing from this. I ain't supposed to hear nothing from no woman. Yeah, well, you forgot about Deborah, the prophetess who led him to victory. Oh, by the way, your name is Deborah, isn't it? Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you see but we have all kinds of reasons why shoot 
I remember when we was on a playground. He used to kick me in the back of the head. <laughs> then call himself a preacher now. Once a bully, always a bully. <laughs> Something happened back 25 years ago, and you ain't going to listen now. You see how silly we get? And then we'll hold to it. God will be saying, look, you need to get free of that. You need to let go of that. Well, it still hurts, Lord. God says it hurts because you hold it on to the hurt. You'd be amazed at how many people want to be hurt. They want to live in hurt. They feel safe in hurt. Downright comfortable in hurt. Why? Because hurt is familiar. We get comfortable with the things that we're familiar with. And to come out of hurt means to change. And we hate change. We hate change. We're jealous of the changes that happen in other people, but we're not courageous enough to allow the change to happen in us. I'm here to tell you, people, God created us a people of change. Look in the mirror. When you wake up in the morning, you're changing every day. Like it or not, it's going to happen. Like it or not, guess what? My belt size changed a little bit. It's going to happen. I have a little bit less hair. Yeah, color change. <laughs> the question is, will we embrace the change and see that change is good? I'm glad I'm not 18 anymore. I was stupid at 18. A little wiser at 20. And then a little more wiser at 25. But if you embrace the change, you'll keep getting better and better and better. How many of you know some people that are struggling with change and it seems like they just keep getting worse and worse and worse? And you look at them and keep saying, when you going to grow up? My reality check came one day when God asked me that question. When are you going to grow up? I've been waiting. And how much longer do I have to wait? You see, Jonah had a problem. And, and this is something that God has been showing me that is a, a deep-rooted problem in the church today. We think we have forgiven and we have not. 
And that unforgiveness holds us at an impasse. It's that unforgiveness that keeps us from being able to move forward to do what God wants us to do. With Jonah, it was obvious, and he was just downright. And this is the thing. That, and I said, Lord, surely that can't be. He said, yeah, you have people that are that blatant with God. I'm not doing it. They may not say it, but they will act it out. I know that's what you want me to do, but I ain't going. We'll walk in the other direction. And then say, I'm blessed and highly favored. We're in open rebellion against God. And we don't have to be. We choose to be. He said, choose ye this day who you will serve. And we'll say, well, I have a right to be angry. Well, part of that is right. God says, be ye angry and sin not. In other words, I understand the emotion. I understand the feeling. But God says, step beyond the feeling. Step beyond the motion and be who I have called you to be. Don't allow anger, hatred, malice, envy. If you look in Galatians, all of those things are there. And he says, the works of the flesh which are manifest are these. I did a teaching here before, and I'm going to remind you. Your flesh is not you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are made to walk in the spirit. He says, old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Your flesh is not you. Stop identifying with your flesh. Stop letting the flesh command you. Stop letting the flesh dictate who you are and how you walk. You're led by the Spirit of God because you're a child of God. Anger's got no place in you. It's got no authority in you. He says, greater is the that is in you than he that's in the world. You got to know who you are and take authority. Act out who you are, not who the flesh is telling you you got to be. If you got an attitude that says, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do, well, you better figure out who that nobody should be. That nobody better not be God. And if what you're doing didn't line up with the word of God, that nobody. Hmm. You better figure it out. If you're going to be right, be right with God. People think it's funny when I use that expression that I'm glad that he's God and I'm not. But it's because I say that because I realize that I can be my own God if I want to be. And I choose not to be. 
See, when I try to follow self, when I try to defend self, when I try to please self, and it goes against what God is telling me to do, I become my own God. And God said, I am to cast down every other God. That's why his word says crucified his flesh. And he didn't say once. He said do it daily. Because it's going to try to resurrect itself. See, it tries to mock Jesus. See, if you're going to put this flesh in its right place, you got to get for real with it. My flesh tries to mock Jesus. It tries to resurrect itself. Well, he rose. I can rise too. Uh-uh. Flesh, you're going to stay right where you belong. You done got me in trouble for too many years. You done made me miss too much blessing. And I ain't doing it no more. I don't have time to waste on self. Jonah, his problem was self. He's sitting there. Now imagine, he's sitting here now arguing with God. About a nation of over 120,000 people being saved. He's mad. And he's the one that did the work. You see how dumb the devil will make you? Your flesh will make you stupid. I just made up my mind I don't want to be stupid no more. Now, here's the dumb thing. What does he say with God? And this guy says, I knew you were going to do this, Lord. So just kill me now. Are you out your mind? <laughs> How many of you have just lost your mind that far? Yeah, it'll happen. You get so mad with God, you're so angry with God. So you might as well just kill me now because I, shoot. Because I don't agree with that. I don't like it. I don't like them. And as far as I'm concerned, Lord, I ain't going to live here with them. You save them, you might as well take me out. That's just ludicrous. But that's how crazy anger can make you you know how many people in jail now because of anger one act of anger and you done lost control what does they say I couldn't help myself so you got to deal with that beforehand but here's Jonah Got himself in a situation now, and he says to the Lord, just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will now happen, will not happen. Lord, I wanted them to die. I didn't want them to repent. I only went forth and gave the word because you made me. I didn't want to go back in that fish. (laughs) 
I'm being obedient because I ain't going back in that fish. But I'm being obedient, hoping it doesn't work. Mm, we've never been that before, ever. You want your own work to be sabotaged. I told you, we get stupid. You need to figure out what mind games your flesh is playing with you. But then he turned around. Now, this is how great God is. The Lord asked him, said, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about this? <laughs> that should make you think a little bit. <laughs> Jonah, just like some of us, steadfast. And Jonah went out to the east side of the city, made a shelter to sit under, and waited to see what would happen to the city. In other words, I'm still hoping. I'm still praying. What were you saying, Pastor, about praying for other people's successes? And sometimes inadvertently, we hoping for their failure. I'll pray for you. Ooh, God says, be ye not double-minded. So he's sitting up on a hill waiting for disaster to come, waiting for somebody to slip up, waiting for somebody to be wrong. So he could say, I told you so. Ooh, I told you so. Anybody getting this? Now, here's God in the midst of this. God's love and God's grace and his patience. In verse 6, it says, And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And Suda spread his broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was greatly grateful for the plant. Now, here you have a rebellious <laughs> prophet sitting up on a hill, waiting for God's plan to fall apart. God's grace and God's mercy for others. He's hoping will not be there. And God shows grace and mercy to him. The sun is scorching and he finds comfort. He's happy. He's comfortable in his sin. But it's because God is waiting and hoping that Jonah will get his heart right. But then it says this. There's a lesson. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant, so it withered away. See, everything with God is a season. Everything about God is saying, okay, I'm going to give you a certain amount of time to learn a lesson. Let's see what you do with it. Will you get what I'm trying to tell you? And as the sun grew hot, 
God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. School is in. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and again wished to die. Jonah had this death wish thing going on. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. This was a prophet of God. See, it's great to be a servant of God when everything's comfortable. What was the word that my brother gave about comfort zone? God's been repeating that over and over and over again. Service after service, church after church after church. You can't even, even when you turn on the TV and the televangelist, God is taking his people out of the comfort zone. The question is, are we willing to be taken? Change. We hate it. Jonah is sitting there mad now. Shoot. It's hot out here. Jonah, get off the hill. Quit sitting up on a hill waiting for somebody to fail. But now he's up there again taunting God. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because of the plant, because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die again. I'd be careful how I keep saying that to God. I'd be real careful how I keep saying that to God. Then God said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you didn't put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry? For such a great city. He's saying you're sorry about a plant. And could care less about the people. You're complaining about a plant dying. And you weren't complaining about the souls of those people. Think about it. We can go there. I'm really sorry about my car got all banged up and everything else. And everything else. And you got people over here dying. My plants ain't being watered and so forth and everything else and so forth. I can't, sorry, I can't go out on a mission trail. Pastor, I can't go in the community. I got my plants. I got to go. I got my vegetable garden. Well, I can't leave Fifi alone. Fifi will go to doggy heaven. Their souls are already accounted for. What about the people around you? Our priorities are so jacked up. This is what God was trying to tell Jonah. Jonah, where are your priorities? You know where Jonah's priority was? Self. 
See, that, that plant was giving him shade. He wasn't mad about it dying. He was mad about it not giving him shade. What is it that we're mad about? This is what God wants me to ask you today. What is it that you're mad about? What is it that you're angry about? What is it that you're still holding on to that you shouldn't be holding on to? What is it that's keeping you from moving forward in the thing that God has been trying to get you to move forward in, but you keep saying, I can't, when the answer is really, I won't. I don't want to. You're asking me to do something that's too hard. No, he's asking you to do something you don't want to do. God wants you free. He wants you to have joy. And as long as there's unforgiveness, there can't be joy. As long as there's unforgiveness, there cannot be peace. He wants to walk in his joy, walk in his peace, uninterrupted. How many of you found out you could walk for a little while and then all of a sudden that thing will rise up and steal your peace? It'll steal your joy. And it's got nothing to do with, oh, thank you, Lord. It's got nothing to do with your present. It's got everything to do with your past. But you keep dragging that past around with you. And it keeps taking authority over your life now. That person that you were mad at, that thing that you were mad at is still controlling your life. If you're so mad at it, why are you hanging on to it? Let it go. Stop worrying about whether... Whether you're going to be able to punish them or not. The only person that your anger is hurting, the only person that your rage is hurting, the only person that your anger is holding back is you. Everything else is moving forward. You're the one who's polarized. Because of the anger and not even noticing that your anger is turned into fear. Because now you're afraid to move. You're afraid to change. And you've let the past
interfere with your future. But see, God says, if you let go of Jonah's attitude, you take on the attitude of Nineveh. See, Jonah, you never hear about him in the Bible again. I don't know, he asked enough. But you never hear about Jonah doing anything in the Bible. He was a prophet of God. It never says that he changed his attitude. See, but that shouldn't be our story. See, we should have the story of Nineveh. Where even my dog's going fast. If that's what it takes for me to come out of it, everything in that house going fast. Even the plants ain't going to get nothing. Because my house going to be the house of God. The question is, is what are you willing to do for God? Not what is God willing to do for you? What are you willing to do for God so that so you're not looking at the blessing? I want to say something, and I want you to understand me. Serving God is the blessing. Serving God is the blessing. That's where you'll find fulfillment. That's where you'll find joy. That's where you'll find peace. See, getting behind your pastor, not just praying for him, but then getting behind him. And saying, what can I do in this ministry? What can I do to, to help it along? I may not be called to preach, but I can sure do something, Pastor. What is it that I, what, what do you need me to do? Realizing that you may not be called to preach, but you got a witness. If you got saved, you got something. You tell somebody what God did for you and be amazed at what it does for you when you explain that to them. Because it gives something back to you. It increases your faith every time you hear your own testimony. But we got to stop being afraid that if we do a little bit more for God, he's going to want a little bit more. Because that's what it is. We're afraid that if we do something for God, then God is going to say, oh, well, that was good. Now let me give you a little bit more to do. We walk in fear of that. Uh, God, I'll just kind of stay in the background. Just because you do something for God doesn't mean he's going to call you to the pulpit. It doesn't mean that he's going to cause you to go on there and say, now you need to start a TV program. 
God says a man or a woman's gifts make room for them. What he anoints you to do, he will give you the gifts, the talents to do, and he will open the door to where you won't even feel it. Stop worrying that he's going to put you in over your head. Some people, he just wants you to be good mothers, good wives, good husbands. That's your ministry. But be good at it. Be godly at it. Follow the word in it. But sometimes we won't do that because we're afraid if we do that, then God will say you're good at that. Then he's going to cause you to do more. We're just getting for real today. Because God is calling us to be available to be used by him. We have to have a clear heart. We can't let the enemy be bringing up junk that gets in the way to where you always say, well, I'm mad. I want to be mad, but, well, Lord, that means I'm unworthy. That's our logic. That's the fleshly logic. You walk around in self-condemnation. Giving yourself a way out of serving God. A lot of times that's why we hold on to the anger. That's why we hold on to the things we hold on to. Because it's easier. It's convenient. It's comfortable. Are you hearing me today? See, because here's the thing. This word wasn't given just for you to hear. It was given so you might truly hear. See, how do we know that Nineveh heard? It's because Nineveh received it. To the point of change. You got people that can sit in church for 20 years. Hearing a good gospel. And never change. But see God says my sheep. Know my voice. God says, if we hear the word, it should stir up something inside of us. If we have a heart for God, and it should stir up something inside of us that says, I need to change. Because I love my God, and I know he loves me, and I want to be all that he wants me to be. So I want you to do this. Because I'm not going to prolong this. Because this is a time that God says, I'm willing to do a great thing in you. 
if you're willing to step beyond the hurt. If you're willing to step beyond the pain and the fear. If you were willing to allow me to touch that part of your heart that you have reserved for pain. That part of your heart that you've reserved just for anger and malice. That part of their heart that you've been saying, I want someone to hurt as much as I've been hurting. God wants you free of that. He doesn't want you holding on to that. We've all been hurt. We've all been disappointed. And we've all been guilty of holding on to that. But God said it's time. It's time to let go. The question is, is will you be free? Will you be made whole? Will you be honest about what it is that you're holding on to and decide that it's a weight that you don't want to carry anymore? If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. Because it's going to be like a cancer. Either you can acknowledge it and be free of it, or you could hold on to it and let it just eat at you until it destroys you. But this is a time for you to be set free of that. If you want to be free. See, because God isn't going to force you. See, you can't, you know, God's not going to take something from you. Because we keep saying and praying and saying, God, take this from me. Take this from me. God says, no, you've got to freely give it away. Because you don't want it anymore. But if you're protecting it and you're covering it, guess what? It's going to stay right where it is. us so much he loves us so much I'm telling you there's sometimes I don't want to be here sometimes when God gives me a word especially if he gives me a word in, from the prophetic side of the house Sometimes I have to say things that make me so uncomfortable. I'd love for everybody to like me. But I walk in a way that God says, not everybody's going to. And that's got to be okay with me. I got to do what's right with God and I got to do what's right for God's people. For those who choose to be God's people. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, this may be hard. It may be a hard word, but the question is, are you going to harden your heart and keep yourself from a greater relationship with God because of something that has been doing you no good for years? Is it that important to hold on to? Is it worth that much to you? What has it profited you so far? What has it gotten you? Has it given you the joy that you want? Has it given you the peace that you need? Has it given you the victory that it lied and told you you would gain? Or has it brought you nothing but sorrow? Has it brought you disappointment? Has it brought you to where you find you can't trust anyone or anybody? What exactly has been the benefit? Except more grief and more pain. So you have to be willing to say, Lord, I don't know how to do it. But at least I want to try to give this to you. You can't be worried about failure. Right now is the time you got to worry about just trying. It's like a baby. A baby takes one step at a time. Every so often he falters. But then he gets right back up. And the great thing about that baby is daddy's right there and mommy's right there to kind of help to lift them back up and help them walk across to whatever it is that they want to grab a hold of. The question is, is how much do you trust your father to pick you back up even though you may fall? How much do you trust him to know your heart? And to protect you where you've been relying on your anger to protect you. Where you've been relying on that unforgiveness to be your source of power and authority. Let God be your power. Let the blood of Jesus be your authority. You say he's your Lord. Let him be Lord over your anger. Let him be Lord over your disappointment. Let him be Lord over that unforgiveness. God is willing to open a jail cell right now so you can go free. You don't have to be a prisoner to it anymore. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week.
God bless.